Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I'm your host, Christian Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you on this fine evening? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. My eyes are tired. I've been watching tackles all day and <laughs> in preparation for the show, in fairness, and then staring at my phone screen as well about all the free agency and trade updates. So I, I am uh, just exhausted, <laughs> but I am very excited for this episode. Because I love talking offensive line. So, yeah, dude, classic Randy doing all the homework on the day of. <laughs> Listen, it's just the finishing of the grade process. Okay. <laughs> yes, fair enough. Uh, so, yes, guys, we are here to talk through our offensive tackles. Uh, we're going through our top 10s for the 2021 NFL draft, which is fast approaching, which is exciting. I, I actually got an invite onto a live stream uh, from Matt McCoy, who I was on his. Uh, show to do a mock draft a couple months ago and i told him i was like i'm pretty sure we'll have a live stream but i might be able to dip out and come on for like five minutes or something but uh yeah so we will have news on that once we figure out what exactly we're going to be doing for the nfl draft uh it's definitely complex because we are in ohio and within proximity of the draft so uh still working through exactly what we'll be doing there uh i'm working on some articles i don't i ran a poll today to see which wide receiver i should write about i think bateman won so i think that's coming this weekend i but everyone was in the comments saying jonathan adams jr so we'll see we'll see what i decide uh major congrats to adam for getting his uh media availability he he attended georgia's pro day today with all about the birds so um yeah just congrats dude that's that's so awesome he sent me the question that he asked tyson campbell he talked to eric stokes he talked to kirby smart i wish he would have asked hey dude why didn't you start justin Fields?" so we would have a different discourse about him but he didn't so uh good job adam we're proud of you uh new twitter handles yeah randy you got one dude congrats well yeah it was you a it was choked. a quickly easy after you changed yours. Uh, just might as well match. And so that's the thing. I, I the whole thing we all had nicknames. I don't. I give nicknames. I don't really get the nickname. So mm-hmm. uh, it was hard. <laughs> yeah, I I did. Yeah, so I also changed my Twitter handle. It is now at C Williams NFL, and I am gonna mess that up a lot. Uh, so when I Say that at the end. If I say FF Baldman, you can yell at your listening device. You can say, "Hey, dumbass, that's not your Twitter anymore." Uh, and uh, I won't. I mean, I'll, I'll never know. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's your name. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could change your actual like username to FF Baldman again, and just have your handle as C Williams NFL, but or just change it to Baldman or something. Um, I was thinking bald man NFL was like first one on the docket, but I didn't like, I tried, I tried, but it's fine. (laughs) It could always be changed, but that's what it is currently. Uh, especially for this draft season, which we're crazy involved in. And yes, (laughs) happily so, but still, yes, absolutely. Um, so like I said, offensive tackle rankings today, but we're also going to give you guys some free agency updates as well. 
Uh, so a lot more happened. We just dropped an episode with probably what 60, 70 signings on that first episode. Good that Lord, we probably. talked to. It was insane. Uh, and then we've got about that amount again today. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, we're starting with our offensive tackle rankings. Now, there is a, a little bit of discourse about Rashawn Slater being offensive tackle one. Randy, I am proposing that we do something different, actually. Let's go 10 to one. As a, I mean, that's fine. I feel like one's quite obvious, but. Yeah, we could do that. Uh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, maybe my my number one isn't who yours is. You never uh, know. Well, I can see the sheet, so. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. We're going to start with my 10 and your nine. And that is okay. Alex Leatherwood, the offensive tackle from Alabama. Uh, Randy, talk to me about Alex Leatherwood's strengths. Quickly, uh, his are. strength. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, his playing strength and versatility really is his biggest strengths coming to the next level. I think he's probably a starter day one. The problem is, is he's his tackle rankings and recognize the tackle. You have him at 10, I have him at nine for a reason. He has a lot of problems there right now, especially getting to the next level. Um, we didn't see that many problems at Bama, but. Yeah, remember what was Bama's offense? It was running down people's throats, a lot of quick plays, which led to deep shots, but a lot of quick plays. Um, so pretty much any t- anybody can block in that system. <laughs> uh, so I-, I think he could start day one at guard, and he can be a developmental tackle prospect. Uh, either way, um, think uh, Hunt for the Dolphins this last year, who was going to be a guard this year, but was a suitable tackle all year at right tackle. Uh, but <laughs> the second they draft another lineman, he's going to go into guard for a good reason. Yeah. Um, he really, he has slow feet, so he struggles getting vertical uh, to the next level. And he struggles with that speed outside or bend rushers or the double moves or anything like that. Uh, if he could strictly get his hands on you, he will win because <laughs> he's a big dude. He's uh, incredibly strong. But because he struggles uh, with those feet, he gets top-heavy at time. Uh, and I and he's got elite length. He's got the tackle length. Uh, so that's why. But it also means he overextends a good amount. So there's a lot of technique, uh, footwork, hand placement. Like, he's got to get better at all that stuff. All that stuff to be an actual tackle at the next level, which I don't think he will because they'll move him to guard. Uh, maybe his best best thing is his football IQ is up there with the top of the class. Obviously, you're going to get that in that kind of BAM offense, uh, but you could just tell. I mean, he's played all over uh, for different kind of systems, different kind of quarterbacks, so I think he's going to be really good. But when he went to the senior bowl at tackle, you could see, again, even at quite possibly less level of competition than he saw all the time in the SEC, he struggled there. So, yeah. uh, But if he moved into guard, he's not going to struggle. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I know a lot of big name people are now uh, grading him as a guard. I think Brugler did in his last update for his offensive line, and it makes sense to me. I think, I think, like you said, he's versatile. But if you ask him to go like swing outside, 
I think he's just going to give up on plays. I I think effort too is it's not something we wrote down. I think effort is questionable. He's never finishing a block uh, on film that I've seen. And there could be a variety of reasons for that. It could be that uh, he was trying to block and it was for a screen pass and Devontae Smith took it already, uh, you know, or like Najee already broke 18 tackles and is in the end zone, but we never really see him finish his blocks. And I think if you move him into guard, he's obviously going to have to improve on that. But other than that, like he has all the tools to be a starting guard from day one. And it, the problem with it, same thing with Slater. The problem with grading and ranking them with guard is there's well for Slater there's no tape, but for uh, Leatherwood there's limited tape at that. So you're grading off an extremely small sample size or no sample size, just to what they would be at the next level. I'd rather grade them at tackle and say that they can be a, a really good starting guard and a developmental tackle, yeah. and be right because I'm actually watching the film instead of just saying i think if he took two steps inside he would be really good (laughs) yeah all right let's uh move on to your 10 and my seven a little bit discrepancy there (laughs) yeah that's that's a big one so james hudson the offensive tackle from cincinnati uh this is a guy that if you watch very limited college football, you may have seen him just in his bowl game where he got thrown out of the game for targeting. which sucks because he was putting on some good film against Aziz Ojolari. As soon as he came out of the game, Ojolari took over the game, which I think yep. is telling. Um, <clears throat> James Hudson, 6'5", 3'10". He's a guy that his his hands, his punch, uh, is up there with the best of them, in my opinion, in this class. He's very, very powerful. Uh, he has a quick first step. And he's he's fairly mobile, and he gets after it. Uh, we talked about the finishing with Alex Leatherwood. James Hudson's pretty much the opposite. He's going to run your ass off the field or into the ground, and those are the types of tackles that I like. Uh, I like guys that are just going to put you into the dirt and actually get after it. Um, in terms of like some of his <laughs> negatives, talk to me about him. Well, I was going to say, you could always tell who Christian's going to like at tackle <laughs> by just watching run blocking. Don't watch it's, pass blocking at all. Okay. Just watch That's run blocking. This year, though. No, 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 no. I'm not saying you don't watch them. I'm just saying whoever's the, the tenacious, powerful mauler blocker at tackle, he's going to love. That's I, up, I, I, when we get a little <laughs> higher, you're going to see that again. But Hudson's yeah. the same thing. Uh, it's everything else, I think, is kind of the problem. And in, in fairness, uh, he's only been a tackle for like, Two years, uh, years? like he was uh, brought into Michigan to play D end, and he switched to tackle there and transferred Cincinnati. Ended up getting his waiver uh, not applicable, so he had to sit out until this year. So a lot of rawness there. Uh, Past sets, he needs to get so much better technique and balance wise for sure. Uh, But if he can, if he can, he's developmental at the tackle spot. Uh, I think he's a solid pick and. Uh, the the right coaching in the pass sets, he's going to be really, really good because he's already got the run blocking down. But that's what you would expect from a guy that's transitioning from defense to offense is to still try and murder the guy on the other side of the ball from you. <laughs> but it's the the intricacies of the position that he struggles with. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a fair assessment. And I, I do think 
because he is so raw. I you you mentioned like you watch the run blocking and you know that I'm gonna love guys. I think yeah. too like when these guys have that mixed with the tools to improve in their pass protection, that's when I get really excited. Now that's probably why I have Hudson four spots ahead of where you have him. However, yeah, <laughs> uh, I ultimately am not super enthralled with this class past really past Hudson. So, um, well, I, I could say everyone we're talking about today, I have day one or two grades on. So, I, so for I. that, I'd say I'm enthralled, uh, which is, I mean, if you can say 10 to 12 guys, you would happily see go in the first two days. I mean, that's pretty solid of the class. Now, are uh, probably half of those developmental, and two or three of them may need to be guards. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> they're still good yeah. linemen. Yeah, we're we are cheating in that aspect. Uh, ah, fuck it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's move on to uh, your nine because we have now talked about my nine, my ten and nine. Yes. Your nine and my seven is yeah. Liam Eichenberg. I'll take over because of that. Uh, <laughs> in my opinion, plug and play tackle today. Uh, right side for sure. I do think left side though as well. So maybe a team like the Colts at 21, possibly trade back, but I, I think you would be happy with him starting uh, day one and being able to, I mean, like he'll be able to handle this, the left side, but if you could find a way to, for him to be right tackle and not be your blind side, I think some of the shortcomings uh, there can be really looked past at that point. But I will say, while I do think he's plug-and-play at tackle, I think he's closer to his ceiling than a lot of the guys in this class. Um, But that's not a bad thing. That means he's just good and he can play day one. He's got great length and technique. Uh, You see that especially in the past sets. Uh, Vertical releases for blocking. He will absolutely bury defenders. (laughs) I mean, he's, he's just got great functional strength and everything. But his mobility... Uh, laterally for sure is a real detriment uh, especially in run blocking it's 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 his worst thing completely his worst thing uh but he's basically every notre dame tackle ever i mean honestly uh so maybe like a full like zone scheme where your tackle is getting down to like an inside shade three tech or one tech or something i don't think you're gonna want him making that block uh but for him just to be a pure tackle, I think he's your starter day one. Yeah. I mean, I think he can. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I just don't think that like, that's the most ideal situation simply because I do think he's fairly limited. Now I, you mentioned like the right side, I think him plugging in at a right tackle position, obviously not on the dolphins. Cause that's, basically the left side for Tua, but uh, I think plugging in not on a blind side where, which this is kind of unique because I I think he is really, really good in pass sets, but I think you said he struggles with his lateral movement. I also think that like some of his horizontal movement is also not, not great. Um, Uh, Do you know what lateral means, sir? (laughs) Well, yeah. So I, I, yeah. So I, I guess I was taking it as vertical, but, um, but I do think that like, that's going to present a problem against faster guys. Like, I don't think he played a ton of fast guys where I, I think we talk about that with someone else 
uh, as well. But yeah, I, he does. He does a good kick step. He gets back quick. It's he and he does fine with the speed. It's the. I mean, once you, it, he didn't see guys that had more than one move. I guess, right. but most tackles in this class didn't. Right. I mean, that's it's just pure. I mean, if you're looking at the top edges of this class, you go down the list and really, what is it? Phillips is the only one we've seen a consistent second and third move from of the top yeah. like five. I think that says a lot about what we're seeing from the tackles of this class to where double moves and outside inside or a quick twist or an inner, you could maybe struggle. Uh, if you're just pure worried about the speed and you do a quick kick step, that if you, I'd say his recovery to, plant and just drive inside afterwards definitely needs some work but that's again with the lateral mobility if he's fully i mean it's it's hard to do for anyone i i could promise you that if you try it uh but <laughs> for anyone especially with how he plays uh when he's moving back like that he definitely struggles on the inside pass then but he does a great job with his length to not let that hurt him yeah uh at least what I've seen, he, he does a great job getting to people early and often. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's, I mean, it, like I said, there's not a lot, ton of room to grow. Uh, there's not like an elite athleticism trait or anything. And no. that's why his lateral movement isn't great. But, right. I mean, he needs to get a little bit better footwork, a little bit better hand placement. But so does everyone in this class, really. So. Yeah. And and if you put him in a good gap scheme, like yeah. sign me up. Like that's I, I'm cool with that. And and I do I should preface because I like to people think I tear these prospects down. Like I do have a day two grade on Eichenberg as well. I like a lot of what he does, but I tend to talk myself out of prospects rather than into them. Uh, which I put a poll out about that, but. So if you think I'm being negative about these guys, I'm I'm really not. I'm just highlighting some of the things that they need to work on. Yeah, fair. And yeah, there's like I said, he's plug and play right tackle today. Uh, I think you could be you could talk me into him playing left tackle for you, but there's obviously some things that need to clear up. Um, but I mean, I'm not ultra worried. Yeah. But I just I mean, he's seven for me. It's not like I think he's elite. Or anything like that. I have a day two grade on him, a second right. round for sure, but still. Let's talk about your eight and my 11. <laughs> Whoops. Um, no, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, I, I really, that once, uh, so it's Jalen Mayfield. I think <laughs> once things get cleaned up, you will see Christian love this guy. I think Probably. he is ultra versatile at position. I think you play each side. I think he could probably play guard if he absolutely needed to. I think he could play in any kind of scheme. Honestly, because of that versatility, he's a he's a good athlete, not a lead or anything, but he's good. He plays with great balance in my opinion, at least at what he's was what he had to do. I mean, it's a guy, I mean, he played at Michigan, he got thrown into the definitely deep end, having to block some of the best pass rushers that you really could find. Uh Michigan does play the SEC as well, so he really was fighting off a lot of people. Uh, the mobility, especially laterally, is insane for this guy. I think he can, he's in that aspect of uh, Rashawn Slater, where I think I would trust him to get down to a one tech trap block, which is, or a counter block, whatever. But it, and, I mean, that's insane for a tackle. 
just, <laughs> I mean, speaking yeah. from experience, uh, for me, definitely, definitely not the <laughs> fastest guy. Uh, <laughs> I would, if, if I was needing to get to a one tech on a down block, I'm 100% helmeting his kneecap. There's no <laughs> chance I'm doing anything else. I'm just telling you that right now. But him, he can, he'll meet you at the point of attack almost. He will down block the shit out of you. So yeah. uh, with that, ton of punch power, things that it, and it, strength across the board, really, really good. Things he has to work on, just overall technique and footwork for sure. Uh, hand placement and timing is, you could say completely off at times. I think that's relatively yeah. fair. And because he needs to clean up, I'd say he needs to clean up every aspect of his game. Uh, so he's got a lot of room to grow. I think that's why you would have been 11 or 12, whatever you have. But because I see such upside in the guy, I have him at eight purely behind a guy that's a plug and play that does not have a lot of room to grow. This guy is not plug and play. He's developmental for sure. Uh, I could see him starting the first year for sure, but it, there's so much to love, especially in a run scheme uh, and a quick pass set. Uh, and definitely I'd say riding again. It's another guy that, a double move is probably going to hurt him. A stunt, a slant might hurt him. But, I mean, yeah. he's got to clean up every aspect again. But I, yeah. I, I, I can't see a team that he couldn't play for. I think that's why I like him so much, and I have an eight. So I guess I don't love him that much. But <laughs> Or yeah. I have him at uh, seven. You have him at eight. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking like at wrong. I was looking at mine. I thought I was looking at yours. But, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there are things that Mayfield does that I like. And we were talking off air, Randy, about um, how this guy, he is very, very raw. And I think like the point I made was when he played, he was just not very good. I don't think that's a great way to scout. I think it's worth noting uh, because I do think that, (laughs) I mean, the pass rushers that he saw at Michigan aren't much different from the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're no, worse. They're, they're worse for sure. But I think that I think Mayfield can improve. And I, and I do like him. I think I have a round four grade on him. Uh, so I guess I don't Rude. like him. I, well, <laughs> I guess, I mean, considering he's going in the first round in some mock drafts. So that's where like, I think there's some, but again, it's a positional thing. Um, like I have a, a second round grade on him. Um I but think I have a fourth. Hang on. I, I, I do have him behind Eichenberg, obviously, but a second round grade mainly because well, I mean, you gotta think of what's behind him though. I mean Leatherwood, who's probably gonna be a guard or an ultra developmental tackle. Uh Hudson, who's definitely ultra developmental, barely played the position. Uh you're that we'll talk about in a second. Uh, Spencer Brown, who hasn't faced a level of competition that really gives you anything to go by. He's just a big guy that really needs to clean up a lot of aspects of his game. So, I mean, for a guy that is the right size and played at the right conference, you saw a lot of good things. He's got to develop. He's got to develop. But there's a lot to get behind. That's that's yeah. why I like him. Yeah. He's my uh, he's in the third round for me, actually. So, yeah, not which is fair because that's I mean, that's what I have for my 11. So fair. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, all right, let's talk Speaking about of my, my eleven. <laughs> yeah, and my eight. Uh, they, it's it's weird how we have some of these like almost directly flipped. Um, Brady Christensen, the BYU tackle. Uh, he's a limited player. I understand. He he's not very athletic. He has pretty bad pl- hand placement. His punch isn't very good. It, it's actually, I would say. <laughs> His punch is pretty non-existent. He's very, very patient and lets uh, defensive ends get their hands all over him first, which is not translatable. The stalemate king in pass, bro. (laughs) Right. Uh, But his footwork is there. Uh, I mean, there's a reason that Zach Wilson was pressured virtually. Well, not virtually. He was pressured less than any of the top quarterbacks in this class. Brady Christensen was a, a major part of that. Granted, uh, that's also partially because of the level of competition. The tech or the edge rushers that he was seeing uh, were virtually dog shit uh, for the most part. <laughs> so, uh, no offense to those those edge rushers, but th- there are definitely some questions with Brady Christensen. But the pass protection being so good, the footwork being so good, um, and the fact that he he has a lot of room to improve as well. I think his run blocking, it's bad. Uh, finishing his blocks, bad. He's not super tenacious, uh, but he has a really good anchor. If you knock him off balance, he's going to recover pretty well. Again, level of competition. I guess we don't know how he's going to recover if he gets a guy like Miles Garrett jabbing him in the chest. Like He probably won't recover as well, but... I like a guy that I can just toss out there and say, okay, go protect my quarterback in a pinch. Not a guy that like, I'd probably start day one. I, I think he would definitely see, have to improve. But see, that's there's my issue with Christensen. That's why he's 11 for me. The, he's a guy that you don't think could play day one. None of my top 10 will not be playing day one, pretty much. I, I, think, uh, I think Hudson... Hudson and I would I would respectfully say Mayfield would be the only ones that have a chance to not be playing day one. But yeah, Christensen is a swing tackle right now, in my opinion. I don't think you could be a starter if you can't run block. I mean, not that tackles necessarily have to be an absolute dominant run blocker. Uh, there's a lot of uh, just making sure the hole is there and he can stalemate and just posture up that way if he really needs to uh but with his hand technique and strike and uh latching just being completely off it gives me some pause there uh there's just a lot to improve and if you can i get what you mean though like i i think i would rather have to just nitpick a run blocker if it's a plug and play tackle kind of thing than the pass pro. Right. Um, but we, we saw a great pass protection against inferior competition. Uh, he was honestly, he's part of the reason why I don't understand why Zach Wilson continually did the Russell Wilson spin out uh, when he didn't need to uh, because Christensen was making sure he wasn't getting touched. I, it, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of technique problems, uh, a lot of laziness. It's yeah. just, it scares me. I do think that that comes with being coached by BYU coaches too, and not really NFL caliber coaches. And, uh-huh. and 
Just saying. You'd think it, if he was at BYU, he'd he'd have a lot of uh, uh, adrenaline that he need to get out. You know, you know, just and he'd be good with his hands. You you know he's sober. Um, Jesus. you know, <laughs> you think his you think his tenacity with his hands is speed for sure. Uh, the punch <laughs> would be really just jarring, explosive, if you will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we we digressed way too far there, but he just uh, doesn't eject out of his stance in the run game. I hate it. <laughs> All right, we're fucking moving on. <laughs> All right, six, uh, yay, sticks. Are we tied? We both have. Yes, we yes. are tied. So, Dylan Raidens, uh, the North Dakota State tackle. Randy, talk to me about Raidens. Hopefully, no, no masturbation jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh biggest thing for Raidens, solid across the board. There's uh, definitely technique things that I think he gets away with with in his lower competition level with not having to really be perfect in. I think he could just win with his uh placement with his hands, his drive, footwork, all that being a little sloppy and his just incredible strength being able to just dominate. Uh, at that level of competition but again we saw him at the senior bowl and uh, maybe it's not the absolute top uh competition you would face at tackle or guard but we did see some absolutely good people there and he dominated pretty much the whole week and the game uh so that's really good hands are definitely good the placement and the punch for sure and he's versatile i mean you i think he could he he may be a guard at the next level, but I do think he has the right length and footwork uh, right now to be a tackle, at least a developmental one. I would rather draft him to play tackle than Leatherwood. Yeah. And possibly Slater. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's, it's, cl- re- it's reasonable. It's close. Man. I mean, it's Slater... We'll get to Slater. Yeah, I love <laughs> well, Slater. Slater's a fucking mauler, but it he's an intense dude, but he's going to be a fucking Quentin Nelson guard. And yeah. he and he may be a <sighs> Eric Fisher tackle, you know, like <laughs> sassy and rude, kind of, especially when we're talking about Dylan Radins. But uh, <laughs> literally, he's a guy that if you watch the tape, you're not going to see any problems, really. He's going to dominate literally anyone that's across from him. He can get down the line, upfield, vertical, uh, pass pro, fine. He's going to ride out the guy on speed. He can counteract the inside move. He He's just good at everything at that level. So Yeah. With Raidens, too, I think, I mean, we saw, what, 30 teams at the North Dakota State Pro Day. Uh, yeah. And I put out a tweet that, they're not all there watching Trey Lance. I mean, they're no. they're there to to get some info on Dylan Radens. I I do want to read off his numbers. So he's six uh, five three zero one. Ran a five five point one one in the forty, which is really good uh, for that size at least. His uh, where the fuck's his arm length? He fuck. His arm length isn't here. That's what I was looking for. Because um, I think he is long. I But I think he's he's long in the fact that like he was also playing at North Dakota State. And there's a reason he probably um, looks longer. 
Um, Wings, wingspan, 8028, arm, 3328. 33, that's, I mean, that's good. That's, yeah. It's not bad. Um, you mentioned... You could play, play tackle. Yeah, you could play <laughs> tackle. I do think that because he's so solid everywhere, and because... Now, this is a thing that we probably will talk about when we get to guards and centers, but I think that being a guard is definitely starting to become as relevant as being a tackle in terms of like the premium on the position because of pass rushing defensive tackles. And I think that you could really use a guy like Raiden's in there who's just solid. You know you're not going to have issues with him. He's mobile. He he can do everything. I think that's valuable as well. Agree. I mean, it won't ever be as valuable as the the blind side blocker. Uh, I agree. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah. All right. That's enough about Dylan Radens. Let's go to my five and your three. Three. Yes. So we're How getting into again. <laughs> so this is Christian <laughs> Darius, the Virginia Tech tackle. Uh, Randy, I'll, I'll start because this is a guy that I should love based on the criteria that we talked about earlier uh, because this guy is one of, I mean, this guy's up there with Mekhi Becton in terms of run block, blocking, uh, which, as you know, if, you listened, if you've listened to this podcast for over a year now, I was in love with Mekhi Becton. He was my offensive tackle one for a while, and then I pivoted, I think, and made him my two. but. Uh, Christian Derrissaw is up there with him. He is a the definition of a mauler. He can get vertical very quickly and very aggressively. Um, you have written down here, day one, starting left tackle. I don't disagree. Uh, and I think me, me having him five is more a testament to how good I think this offensive tackle class is at the top of it. I, yeah. He, honestly, Derrissaw, in my opinion, He's getting picked at 13 or 14. There's no question. Hmm. He's not getting past the Chargers and the Vikings. One of the two is picking him. Yeah. I mean, there's a guy that we didn't grade as a tackle that I think could go to either one of those spots in Elijah no. Bear Tucker. Yeah, uh, but. Because I think he has some of that versatility as well. But Derrissa is a tackle. Like, I, yeah. I don't. I've I've seen some things where you move him inside. Uh, people are trying to move him inside. I you don't have to. I said he's kind of a knockoff Trent Williams, uh, and we know how yep. good Trent Trent Williams is. The best tackle I think in the league right now, especially after not playing for a year, coming back and doing what he did last year. Like that was that was crazy. He's got a six year deal. We'll talk about that later. But Darisaw. <laughs> uh, you you wrote down here you can't bull rush him. Talk to talk to us about that. Well, I mean, his anchor ability that way, if you get into him, you're you're dying. That's why he's such that tenacity, uh strength at the point of contact, uh just pure drive and hand work and footwork. Like it's it's incredible in that ability, like you are not getting past him. If you get inside, there are, there are times where he waits for you to get inside. He needs to get better at that. But honestly, if he gets his fucking hands on you, <laughs> you're dead, honestly. Uh, and with that, there's, we've seen an absolute impressive punch 
and flashes with his hands uh, with like perfect placement and perfect latch and, and, and turn ability and all that. But it needs cleaned up slightly. Uh, good coaching for that. Um, his balance and footwork, uh, I think, on speed rushes needs to improve. And definitely, again, if there's any double moves, I could see with that balance and footwork issue, if you go four straight speed rushes, he's going to start leaning that way, and you, he's fucked, I think. But once he has to deal with that at the next level, he's going to improve. And again, if you cut inside on him, he is going to bury you. Yep. If he gets you, you're dead. He is going, you are going to be hitting your D tackle uh, in his knee because he is going to drive you into the dirt. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, Darisaw is really fun. Uh, and like I said, him being at five for me is more a testament to these other guys, which let's talk about your number five and my number four, my very recently number four. Uh, yeah, thankfully. <laughs> he. It's Tevin Jenkins, the Oklahoma State right tackle. Um, listen, I I watched three games on him and had him sitting at OT two, and then last night, Texas game. Well, the, the Texas game is the best offensive tackle single game that I watched all year. Uh, what he did to Joseph Osai was embarrassing and normally so when i watch tape i get zoned in right like i i zone in on the player i could not like i was watching joseph osai and i said this guy fucking sucks and then i was like maybe (laughs) maybe not maybe this ray tackle is just really good and i think he is i think tevin jenkins is a really really good tackle he is i mean he's up there with derisaw in in run blocking in terms of he gets downfield he can just lay you on your ass. Uh, we have written down he's the ultimate bruiser, and I think that's very true. Um, but then I got into the Oklahoma film last night and what Ronnie Perkins did to him, and it was not not what I wanted to see out of a guy that I had touted as the OT2. Like He got bull rushed. He, he instead of setting people on their asses, he got his ass uh, set on the ground and that's not ideal not ideal and Ronnie Perkins is a very good edge rusher but Tevin Jenkins definitely needs some work in pass protection he's he's raw I think go ahead well I was gonna say it, it, I mean you said it right there that's what you he's raw he's inconsistent in the past sets and it's because he you could tell relies on his size and strength too much at times uh where if he's firing off he will murder you but in pass pro there's a lot of times where he sits and catches and even if you like once you're facing a guy like uh, we've talked about him already miles garrett or it's even a guy that hasn't done as well jadavion Clowney. like if you face that size of a person who's the same fucking size as you maybe stronger uh, you cannot sit, even if you're, even if you're bailing back in a kick step, you have to explode into the contact. If you sit and wait, you will fall. He, I, he's got good footwork and everything, but you could tell in pass pro, it, it, he gets off balance because he tries to catch, 
And especially in a kick step with the speed rusher that switches to bull rush off that first outside step, he will get buried. That's that's my biggest concern with him. Uh, However, I think he's one of the most scheme versatile guys in this class. I think he just has to improve on technique and tenacity and pass pro, but in hand placement for sure for that exact reason. But with how good he is at run blocking, and like we said, the the acronym of well, not the acronym, the the title of Ultimate Bruiser, he could play in zone, gap, power, anything really at all, uh, a vertical pass scheme for sure. And and again, he's one of those guys, a la Mackey Beckton last year, who his offense was vertical pass and quick passes. Uh, so his that's why his pass pro isn't as good. He sat and waited because he knew all he had to do was touch the guy for the most part, and the pass was gone. Right. <laughs> so uh, that's why he just needs to continue to grow in that aspect. And there's a couple of guys like that in this class, and once they actually have to do it, I think they do it well. So he's a little bit more developmental, but I think he's a first-round talent back of the first for me, but I think he's probably a day-one starter. Yeah. In the right coaching, uh, I mean, I. Obviously, I had Beckton as kind of like a middle first last year, but his lows were a second or a third. Like, it's the same thing with this guy. If you, I don't want to just outright compare him like that, but the second he got to New York, you could tell he got some good coaching and he was dominant this year at times for sure. Yeah. Uh, I I think if you get that same level of thing here, uh, there's been, I, I think, in my mock draft that will be coming out shortly. Uh, it, once you get to 23, if he's on the board, it's so hard to pass him up, uh, just cause that would be an insane tackle duo. Uh, maybe they don't need that, but you see it and you know, they like that caliber and size and blend of power, strength and mobility, especially in the run game. I mean, he's going to be really good. Yeah. All right, uh, you're four, my three. We have three more guys to talk about. We'll have to zip through these a little bit because okay. we do still have some free agents, uh, free agent signings to discuss. But we'll right. we'll touch on those quickly. So yeah, those your four, your four, my three. Samuel Cosme, offensive tackle out of Texas. Um, listen, man, I uh, I watched Samuel Cosme before I watched Tevin Jenkins. Samuel Cosme was my offensive tackle too. Granted. I didn't have a ton of Slater tape at the time, but Samuel Cosme is very good at football. Uh, he's very long. He's extremely athletic. I don't know if you saw the pro day numbers that came through Randy, but like yeah. just absurd, absurd numbers uh, for a tackle. I think he ran a four or eight something. It's yes. Yeah, a sub five. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Which is good enough. Uh, mobile, tenacious, uh, I will say, like, his pass sets are mostly good, uh, but he does uh, show some some footwork issues uh, as he gets into his pass sets. If he's in uh, run blocking, if he's going out and he's head hunting, I think that's where he gets himself into trouble. But if he's able to just block straight forward, kind of like we talked about with Eichenberg, um, if he's able to just go vertical and hit the first guy, like, Hopefully there's a guy standing in front of him. Uh, he's fine in run protection. Functional strength, Randy. Talk to me about his, his strength. Uh, it's probably his... So he's very good strength punch-wise, top-heavy-wise. 
um, where you see the problem is uh, maybe that's a little bit more balanced as well, but he gets top heavy trying to win with his upper body because his legs and that lower body, while well, obviously he's strong because he's a fucking tackle, but it compared to the other people in the class, uh, there's little functional strength there for the position, uh, especially in that. And that comes uh, really up in pass pro when you're trying to drive a guy out or if you're trying to turn for a hole, he's not driving the guy out right now. But again, if he can get into you, uh, he's just he's going to kind of kill you. It's just he just needs to get a little bit stronger in his lower body uh, for functionality wise. And once he does that, uh, there's really not much he has to work on past that. Like, you can't tell me that once he gets the NFL, they're not going to fix that one issue. And then he's going to continue to grow with hand placement, footwork uh, technique there as well. And he's going to be a, a really good tackle. I think he's a first round guy. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's plenty of teams that need tackles. So, yeah. How many first round grades do you have? I believe I have four. Let me triple check. Uh, I have five technically. So I have Sweet. Panay Sewell, obviously. Rashawn yeah. Slater, obviously. Uh, Darisol Cosme. And Tevin Jenkins, I have a late first grade. Yeah. Uh, I think he's kind of, because of his run blocking, I think he'll go in the first. And I think, honestly, let's just plain simple. I think uh, Becton, how well he was able to turn and develop this year, makes Jenkins a guaranteed first. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and it's, it's, I hate just straight out comparison people like that, but it's the same kind of tape. Yeah. It really is. I mean, that's maybe that's why I love Tevin so much. I might need to watch a couple. more. Oh, I know. That's I. I said that the second I saw Tevin Jenkins, I was like, "Watch, well, <laughs> he's fucking gonna love Tevin Jenkins." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Sammy McCosby, uh, my three, your four. We already talked about your three and Christian Darisaw. So now we're on to the top two. Uh, Randy, you talked about Sewell. You talked about Slater. Is that how you have him ranked with Sewell and Slater? Yes, I do. Because one's a tackle and one's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one's a developmental tackle. Um, yes, he could so, definitely. So Slater can play tackle day one. I can yeah. let's let's get that off off the charts already. Um, yeah. It's just he. Uh, <sighs> I don't have confidence in his pass sets and anchor ability. As of right now, um, yes. at tackle, I I think he, his claim to fame tape uh, against Chase Young, uh, hand placement uh, outside, bad. hand bad. placement wide, bad, a uh, lot of holding. <laughs> now, yes. I mean, that happens a lot uh, as a lineman. Uh, it just does. <laughs> it doesn't always get called. That's perfectly fine. He has great strength. Uh, strength and framework, technique, all of that. So he can get away with pretty much anything, but he has to improve a lot um, in those, in the past sets for sure, uh, for quick and explosive, like edge rushers. I think that's where he's going to, like speed rushers is what's going to kill him at the next level, in my opinion, where like Chase Young is a power rusher. So. Yeah. That's why, like, his claim to fame against the best edge of the class, yeah, for sure. But Jay Shung's fast, but he just killed, in college at least, 
all he just bull rushed everyone into the dirt. That's yeah. what he did. He didn't well, do that to Slater. Which well, is good. He didn't, but that's mostly because Slater just hugged him the whole game. And and, and that's like I do think that a lot of that film was good to okay, but there were some sets where I was like I was like what are people looking at? Like, why do people think that this, this is the game to tout for Slater? Cause I watched it's just, it's, it, it's how it's it cause was. it's chase young. Yeah. There was no sacks from chase. So that's yeah. all that mattered to people. <laughs> um, but let's, well, I mean, let's, uh, let's say the, the, the last negative for the guy, he's a guard size. He's yeah. got the arm length to play tackle, uh, but he's a guard size. I mean, let's yeah. just, that's just what it is. Um, he had he's a smart guy, obviously. He went to Northwestern. Uh so his football IQ is really, really good. Uh tenacity off the charts, tied with, if not the best in the class that way. Letter mobility, probably the best. Um yes. regularly as a tackle in a very uh run heavy scheme. He would be able to get to a an inside shade three tech or a one tech and bury them into the ground regularly. And that's something you don't see a lot, uh, especially at a top level like the Big Ten. Like that's something that like Raidens did a, a good amount at <laughs> D1 AA. You know, like right, <laughs> like that's that that's something that you see like that. Um, so for him to be able to do that, in the Big Ten is really good. I think he could probably play all five spots. Uh, I think right guard or left guard, he's an absolute all pro. I think at tackle, he could be good. Uh, he just needs to clean up stuff. Um, uh, center, I've seen you could play him at center. I've seen a lot of people say that as long as he's not a tackle, they're going to have him as an all-pro day one. <laughs> yeah. And I, I understand it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he, at, at any position, he's a great run blocker. It's just as an anchor ability, pass protector at the tackle position, I have uh, question marks. That's the biggest thing for him. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm with you there. When I first watched uh, watched him play, I I again I didn't love what I was seeing, and then I got into some more film, and I was like, okay, I understand. I I completely get why Slater is being being rated so highly. Some people do have Slater over Sewell, which I think is a little wild uh, because you got you don't get athletes like Sewell really at the position, but. Uh, yeah, I think we, we've mentioned it off air, but he's Quentin Nelson if he is a guard and he's, like you said, I think Eric Fisher if he's a tackle. <laughs> and I would rather have Quentin Nelson. That is for sure. Yeah, exactly. And Now, now can he become a really good tackle the next level? Yeah. I, I think he'll, if he does, I think he'll start to and the questions about size at certain size at the tackle position, which I'd love. I mean, we yeah. saw that lifting video of him basically almost killing his strength coach. I think it was, which I thought was fucking hilarious, but that speaks <laughs> to his tenacity. You could tell he gets into a fucking zone and just wants to kill everyone. <laughs> like it's great. And then snapping his fucking wrist right off. That oh, was fucking that absurd. scary. I hate that lift. <laughs> yeah. All right. Another guy that can probably do that lift fairly well. Nice. Sewell. <laughs> Uh, so Sewell is, I don't know if, if his stock is falling simply cause he didn't play. Uh, I don't know that his stock is really falling to be honest. Like he's been penciled it's, in 
is offensive tackle one for a long time. Penesul is getting the Chase Young treatment that every other guy where it it's the we're over analyzing the dude. Yeah. We're we're just trying to nitpick at him. It's it happens to every single person, uh, except Slater and except Lawrence. Um <laughs> I mean let's yeah. be honest, those are the only two people I can think of that don't get nitpicked in the oblivion that have been in the spotlight this long. Sewell's getting nitpicked. If he played this year, there would be absolutely no question. He would be the dominant guy, easy top five pick. Uh, some people might even call for him to be the, the first solo pick, even in this class. Doubtful. I'm just joking. Get it there. <laughs> but he is, he is incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, just there's not like there's some footwork things that need to be cleaned up. Uh, again, on the double moves or uh, twists or anything like that, I think he needs to get cleaned up there. That's very, very coachable. Everything else. <laughs> Very, very good. First step with explosive power that you, I mean, it's it's all you would ever want. <laughs> Outstanding hand placement, best in the class probably. Great punch and latch strength. Everything you want in an anchor, great lateral movement. There's really nothing that he does wrong. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I've seen a couple clips. So even if his hand placement is bad, right? Like even if yeah. he, he has a fucked up rep, his anchor is so good that it doesn't matter. He has some stupid, stupid recoverability. Like, oh my God, yeah. like you can shove him three yards backwards. He's still going to meet you at about the second yard, fully on balance and ready to uh, re-engage. So Penesul, they don't make him like that, man. Like he is as yeah. athletic as they come, as well. Exactly. Like he's a guy that he's George Fan, except way, way better. And the fact that he could play tight end if you wanted him to, he does for me in Madden. <laughs> God damn you! Uh, but uh, the thing with Stool, like he's such a good run blocker that people say that he could be an All Pro guard day one. I'm here to tell you he's an all-pro tackle day one. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, he does everything right, honestly. I He's might be my favorite tackle prospect we've seen yet. Uh, I think that's fair because of... I mean, I love Jedrick Willis last year. I love Becton. Uh, Andrew Thomas a little bit less, a little bit low ceiling there. Kind of like Eichenberg. Just yeah. saying. Um, it, <laughs> yeah. It's just... Like he is just so so good. He's so good at four positions for sure. Uh, but I think he is your like. I, there's so many times it's so hard not to give him to the Dolphins as their right tackle of the future right now. And he's only on the right side because of fucking Tua. Hey, if he <laughs> exactly. goes to the Bengals, he's on the fucking left side. I'm just telling you, he is he is incredible. Yeah, he's a can't miss prospect. I think the Dolphins are gonna take him, man. I think they have to. Yeah. It's hard, but they haven't signed a fucking receiver, so it's hard not to draft Jamar Chase there. You know, I'm just saying. Facts or Kyle Pitts because he's a receiver too. Uh, all right, that's that's a, that's a really good segue into the uh, NFL free agency talk because free agency technically didn't even open until today. Uh, yeah, today, yeah, or well, yesterday. yesterday. Sorry, yeah, yesterday when you're listening. Uh, so we're going to rapid fire through these. We have about five minutes left. Uh, so first, there were some trades. 
Uh, so the main thing, we're not going to talk about Josh Oliver, even though I just did talk about Josh Oliver. I only because uh, you tweeted about it. <laughs> I know. Uh, the Raiders did some funky shit. Randy, talk to me about what the Raiders are doing. So the Raiders traded Rodney Hudson to the Cardinals for a third rounder and traded Gabe Jackson to the Seahawks for a fifth rounder. Uh, there's no clarification if that's this year or next year, I don't believe. Uh, I know in the Hudson deal, they also got rid of a seventh in that deal to the Cardinals. I don't think for the for Gabe Jackson. Uh, they are completely overhauling the center to right side of the line, uh, which was the better side of the line, but the expensive <laughs> side of the line. Yes. Uh, they they cut incognito and subsequently re-signed him as well as his backup start all year. Um, so they technically have both guard positions filled. Uh, we know they're going to attack <laughs> linemen in the draft now. It's yeah. it's pretty clear and evident that they trust this line group. Uh, so, I mean, they're retooling. And then also the Rams traded Michael Brockers to the Lions after he tweeted that, thank God they have Stafford, so it's an upgrade over Goff. Ha ha ha. They traded him for a 2023 seventh because he wouldn't restructure. That's that's, literally, that's what happened. That's a bad deal. I also didn't know that that Twitter tidbit there. He tweeted that? Yeah, he tweeted that. Oh, that's fucked. They should probably cut well, it. I'm not 100% sure if he tweeted that or he got quoted that. I won't. I don't want to still speak there, but either way, he they asked him to restructure. They couldn't come to an agreement. They traded him for absolutely nothing. That's gross. Okay, yeah. I mean, good good deal for the Lions. Like the Lions actually just built a decent defense uh, in just getting a quarterback and then getting Michael Brockers. But all right, let's move into some of the free agent signings. So, not going to talk about all of them. The relevant ones, those so the Bills, they got Daryl Williams back. They also got Emmanuel Sanders on a one-year deal. Uh, do you think Emmanuel Sanders makes the team? Yes. Okay. Yes. So do I. Uh, there are people that are saying they'll be shocked if he makes it out of camp, but he had 700 yards last year. He's old, yeah. but he's fine. Uh, Dolphins signed Jacoby Brissett, so they are all in on Tua. Uh, that's not that's... necessarily. That does not mean that. I you don't think so? No, he's a backup quarterback. That does not mean they're all in on Tua. Well, yeah, but I mean, they didn't go out and sign like Mitch Trubisky or someone that like it is perceived to maybe could, have starting. They ability. could still trade for Watson if he's available. If he's available, yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, Patriots, I don't have time for this. Patriots. Uh, well, it's just the, <laughs> they just signed. Well, first of all. But the Dolphins also signed Malcolm Brown to be a backup running back and add oh, yeah. a Butler at the tackle. Uh, Patriots signed Ted Cross to right now be their center. Uh, they yeah. re-signed Kyle Van Oy for basically $6 million a year, it looks like, maybe seven. And they also got a fourth-round cop pick for him this year, by the way. And then they got more corner depth with Justin Bethel. Well, and, dude, we haven't recorded since they signed Johnny and Hunter Henry, right? That was... Uh, we recorded them getting Johnu. I forgot that we Hunter Henry was after, but yes, they signed Hunter Henry as well. Yeah, crazy shit, crazy shit happening in New England, but I love it. Uh, okay, R- Ravens. Uh, they got Tyus Bowser back, which was huge. That's all uh, signings, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, Derek Wolf as well. They got back Pernell McPhee, Justin Ellis. They're just keeping their team together, which is probably smart because they're a good team. Yep. Um, 
Bengals did some weird, weird, weird shit. Uh, they gave uh, Cheeto Awuzie three years, $21.75 million. So $7 million a year. But then they also got Mike Hilton at four years, $24 million. They just paid Trey Waynes last year. Uh, the same yep. deal that they just lost William Jackson to, who we'll get to here in a second. So <laughs> what... I, I don't get it. They also well, just signed uh, Brandon Wilson and Larry Ogunjobi. What were you going to say, Randy? That's, I was just going to say, and they added Ogunjobi to help out defense even more. Brandon Wilson, I think, is more of just a returner deal. Yeah. Uh, but he could still have some role. But yeah, they uh, overhauled their secondary group yet again, uh, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I think I would have rather, probably I think I'd rather Jackson instead of Wizier, but I get it. It's whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Browns did some fun things today. They got uh, Richard Higgins back for two million, which is a fucking bargain. Richard Higgins, he must love Cleveland, man. There's he no does. way he didn't get a better and deal we, than this. And we love Richard Higgins. Hell yeah, we do. Hell yeah, we do. I'm pumped about this deal. Uh, a deal I'm not pumped about. Tack McKinley. It's okay. one year, four million. It's okay. It's cheap. It's depth. And then they got Malcolm Smith back. Uh, nothing super super relevant yet, and they're kind of oh. out of money now. They have like four million dollars left. So, uh, yeah, they they ran out fairly quickly after the John Johnson deal, dude. Well, no, I mean, let's say that's even split eleven. Now we're at thirteen. Then we're at seventeen. Malcolm Smith's probably only a one to, or two million dollar. So we're at nineteen. Yeah. You still got like six million left. You could play yeah. with. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, all right, Texans, uh, Tyrod Taylor, he's going there to start. He he plotted this. He knows they're going to trade Deshaun Watson. And he's like, I'm going to start again, motherfuckers. Is you know, he, no though? One wants it. Let's say he goes to the Dolphins, then he's uh, – let's say Watson goes Watson. to the Dolphins, then they're drafting Wilson or Fields at three, and yeah. Tyrod starts for another game, just one game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true. Punctures his it, own lung this time. Um <laughs> The, yeah. They just got more kind of veteran signings. This is what we knew they were going to do, that one-year contracts or, or cheap contracts with guys they have to take shots on. That's what this roster is going to be for this season. That's why they're going to end up trading Watson. Uh, they should, I, sh- I guess I should say. They really yeah. need to completely rebuild, and they will be wasting Deshaun Watson for the next three years at this point if they keep him. But they also got Malik Collins, Christian Kirksey, Terrence Mitchell, and Vernon Hardegraves. All guys that have struggled and had flashes here and there. Yeah. Mitchell and, and Hargraves, I like, though. I, I uh, Struggled injury history. Yeah, you're right. Mitchell was pretty good last year. Uh, Colts, Marlon Max back. Woo. Good job. <laughs> exactly. Good for him. I'm glad he got paid a little bit of money. Uh, he's not relevant. Um, not off of, of an Achilles, at least. Uh, Jacksonville, a lot of things. So Shaq Griffin... Three years, forty-four and a half million, which is just a, a gross overpay, in my opinion. Um, I think Shaq Griffin's good. I don't think Shaq Griffin is is that good. Uh, Sidney Jones, they also signed, so they are saying, you know, we, well, they're keeping Sidney Jones, but yes. uh, but they're saying we we need some help in our secondary, which is is true. Rayshon Jenkins as well. Uh, Marvin Jones to round out that wide receiver room after signing Philip Dorsett on our last episode. Yeah, I this honestly, I don't think they draft a receiver at all now. I don't either. Which is which is good. 
because then people can just shut up about that. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah honestly, fair. it's a good day of signings in my opinion. Yeah. Titans, Janoris Jenkins was a pretty big one. I didn't catch the years or money on that. I'm sure it's out there. Uh, Jayon Brown back on a cheap deal, which was really good. They needed it. Uh, Anthony Ferks are back, but they still have no pass catchers. They have to get a wide receiver. Like AJ Brown is, I think, the only wide receiver on the roster. So <laughs> maybe they might have a Comfries. I don't fucking know. No, he's gone too. He's gone. Khalif yeah, Khalif Raymond's gone. It's all bad. It's not looking good. <laughs> no. Chiefs got Kyle Long and Taco Charlton. Good signings. Chiefs are going all out for offensive tackles now. Uh, uh, so Kyle Long is going to play guard. No, I know. I'm but thinking. Th- so he, they, oh, absolutely. Well, it's just hilarious. They they cut their center and both starting tackles. They had probably a weakness at one of the guard spots at least. Uh, they now have three good guards returning, or three, well, one returning, two signings. And they have one developmental tackle prospect in Yang. Uh, Jesus Christ, guys. They still haven't figured out the center, uh, and they still haven't figured out tackles. Weird signings, in my opinion, but good Very people. Weird. Yeah. Raiders. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, what they a, did. What a weird day. Let's. They here, did. Receiver they did depth, John Brown. Uh, definitely Ooh. would rather Kenny Galladay. Uh, <laughs> They cut Incognito and re-signed him. It's a deal one year up to $2.6 million, uh, with a base salary of one. So if he plays, he gets two. If he doesn't, he gets one. They re-signed Denso Good for four a year. They brought in Jonathan Hankins, uh, re- brought him back in for one year for about three and a half. Quentin Jefferson, one year, three mil. Solomon Thomas, one year, five mil. You got Solomon Thomas for the same price as your third linebacker last year, Nicholas Moreau for one year, five mil. This is, they went all out for this D line uh, while subsequently dismantling the offensive line. I think this, this D line is at a great place. I think they could use a pure cover linebacker, but they may kick that can down the road. They still haven't signed anyone good in the secondary uh, and they have to figure out center and tackle. So they still have a ton, a ton of money left. Because they were at forty million before this whole thing started, uh, so they they could still sign probably one more big name guy. Now, is there a big name guy left? No, but they could. Besides, like Galladay, <laughs> like there's nothing left, right. uh, especially in the secondary, except maybe Anthony Harris. I think that would be a good one. Yeah. But good luck with that, though. Yep, um, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Giants. They got John Ross. They got Leonard Williams back on a just absurd deal for a good player uh he's getting elite money being good uh but good for giants fans i I think they're happy that leonard williams is back i think john ross could be something it's just a flyer one-year deal two and a half million um football team lamar miller was back i didn't even know he was there uh curtis samuel deal (laughs) yeah curtis samuel was the big signing uh well not money wise but fantasy wise i guess uh three years 34 and a half it's what, like eleven and a half a year. I mean, that's about what he was getting. Yeah, he's so then, far the only one that's had a good market. <laughs> it's true. Well, and and it took an old coach to get him that. I just hope that Ron doesn't waste Curtis like he used to. Yeah. Uh, and then William Jackson, I mentioned him with the Bengals. He left for three years, forty million, which is what they signed Trey Wayne's for last year. How trash! Speaking of trash, the Bears. Uh, 
Sorry, Bears fans. Andy Dalton's your quarterback now. So well, or Big Dick Nick. We don't know for sure which one's winning. Well, well I we know well we know which one's winning one race, but the quarterback race, I don't know about <laughs> uh, what's gonna go on there. Yeah. This also... this deal seems like Dalton's their quarterback, but I'm pretty sure Foles is getting the same amount of money. So yeah, because they yeah it makes no sense. The other like notable uh, was Jermaine Afedi, uh one year five million. The other ones are just kind of okay. Yeah, uh, Lions Jamal Williams. I'm pissed for my contract dynasty team. That's that's yeah, it. he'll he'll get work. Um, anyone that has carry on Johnson, I'm sorry, you can cut him. Um, forever <laughs> forever yeah maybe i i think a team's probably going to trade him trade for him for like a seventh we said the same thing about Devonte barker forever and we thought the same thing somebody's gonna sign philip Lindsay. no one has uh just saying you're right <laughs> uh vikings got nick vigil and patrick peterson so good signings uh <laughs> I'm definitely Definitely in need of a corner. Panthers, Hassan Reddick, Denzel Perryman, and Morgan Fox. Just an incredible day for the Panthers. I think they were the winners today. Uh, yeah, or they, they drafted all defense last year. They have now a young, exciting core mixed with really, really good veterans. Uh, their defense is going to be kind of scary, in my opinion. Obviously, I think the corner two spot maybe is lacking, but fuck it. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> Dude. Reddick and Brian Burns off the edge. It's scary. It's very, Holy very scary. Fuck, dude. And Perryman. I mean, Perryman's no slouch. No, uh, but still. <laughs> yeah. Bucks, uh, they're in talks with everyone that was on their team, but they did get a deal done with Ryan Suckup. Uh, three years, $12 million. I wish I could kick a football, man. I wish. I mean, I could uh, kick it. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> I was always a much better punter than kicker. So, yeah, fair. Uh, Cardinals got Kelvin Beecham back on a cheap deal. I don't know. I hope that's as a swing tackle. I, I don't. Maybe stop. Well, and, uh, and you add in that they got Rodney Hudson to be the starting center. Uh, true. Now, if they draft a tackle at sixteen, they're looking pretty Better. studly. Yeah, pretty studly. They also, they also signed AJ Green, so I think that's worse for for Kyler than even Is Andy Isabella. Them? I don't know. AJ Green was bad last year. He just didn't give effort. I think he'll give effort now with Larry yeah. Fitz there telling him you have to. Uh, and then last couple of teams, 49ers, Trent Williams, six years, $138 million for a 32-year-old. I assume that there are outs in that deal, uh, but I haven't looked at the breakdown just yet. And then Alex Mack, one year, $5.5 million, which is a really good deal. Uh, for a guy that he's he hasn't been as good, but he's once an All Pro, and then Emmanuel Mosley back two years, ten million. They lost one of their corners. Oh, Akilo Witherspoon, who we'll talk yep. about soon. <laughs> I was gonna point to it, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So then the Seahawks stole Akilo from the Forty ers uh, They also signed Puna Ford back on a $7 million per year deal. And then Gerald Everett was the fantasy relevant one. <sighs> That's now free that, agency. Unfortunately, at least there's about as much as the first day, but this is two days worth. So that's the worst part. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That was, I mean, it's been a crazy couple of days and the wide receivers really haven't it gone uh, 
yet and the corner market is still hopping so uh also worth noting that um uh adori was released from the titans so the another good corner on the market uh casey hayward got released i don't think we talked about that the other day so a lot of things are gonna happen we i'm sure we'll have updates for you we probably won't do these like long breakdowns though no i just running through guys are still in the market as of this recording kenny galladay will fuller anthony harris desmond king richard sherman juju mitchell swartz alejandro villanueva ty hilton uh clowny antonio brown russell coon xavier rhodes dunlap uh no yeah and troy hill chris carson i mean david andrews still like there's a absurdly amount of good guys a lot of veteran like older guys uh but that can make incredible signings for a few teams here um i'm very very excited to see if the browns can somehow sign one of these veteran corners and definitely the raiders who still are inept at that position (laughs) yeah a lot of things happening uh we did not tweet out the friday fix poll randy uh so we it was do not a busy day okay it, it was a busy day it was also a busy day for me at work uh, <laughs> sounds good yeah make it like 12 hours though um all right but we'll be back with a friday fix on friday one of the teams that should be fun next week uh so it i didn't lead off with this but we were supposed to have an interview with ryan roberts his work at uh, Draft Bible and Sports Illustrated has taken him to a whole new level of busy that he didn't anticipate. So that'll probably be a post-draft interview. We're working on getting some more interviews in here in the meantime. Uh, but for now, you'll have to listen to us talk through our uh, rankings for the most part, So, uh, which is probably better because we're a little behind on getting those out to you anyway. So, Randy, do you have anything to add before we bounce? No. <laughs> okay make sure you guys follow randy at our hall nfl follow me at c williams nfl uh go check out the website thecutffb.com uh follow us on twitter at the cut ffb and we will talk to you guys next week with something and also friday um we'll have a stream up for you so for randy hall and Christian williams we'll talk to you guys later later